Welcome to Parent to Parent, real-life tips to raise resilient kids. A podcast from Communities That Care of Greater Downingtown. This is Chrissy Jambowski, and I have two young kids. And I'm Beth Ann Sinelli, and I have two adult kids. Together, we'll meet with experts and fellow parents to share personal stories and provide support and actionable steps to strengthen your family and raise healthy kids. We're glad you're here. Let's get started. Welcome to Parent to Parent. This is Beth Ann. And this is Chrissy, and today we have Kasi Grove, the Director of Student Ministries at our partner, Hopewell United Methodist Church in Downingtown, here with us today. So Kasi works with youth in his job at Hopewell, so he can really speak to what he's seeing happening with students in both middle school and high school in our community, and also how a faith community can really make a difference in a kid's life. So Kasi, welcome. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thanks. Thanks, Kasi. Thanks, Chrissy. Um, I thought we would start with sort of just getting some background. And so, Kasi, can you just tell us a little bit about Hopewell United Methodist Church? As Chrissy mentioned, um, it's in Downingtown. So obviously you have a number of families that are part of the Downingtown School District community. And if you could tell us uh, a little bit about your role and what it is you do at Hopewell and then also um, the programming or the resources that are available, um, you know, from through Hopewell for uh, for the Downingtown families. Yes, yeah, so um, I direct um, all programming from sixth graders up through seniors in college. Um, and we do all sorts of things. We have Sunday night programming, Wednesday night programming um, throughout the, uh, like the school year. Um, and then over the summer, we do a lot of missional things, different trips, different camps. Um, throughout the school year this year, we started like a mental health speaker series and every Wednesday we were bringing people in, which we actually connected with you guys on helping us get people there. So thank you for that. Um, but we started a speaker series and really focused on like getting the conversation about mental health started within the church. Um, and so, yeah, we provided that. Um, and we also try to provide a lot of different resources to students about places to, to go if they're seeking therapy or um, any kind of treatment like that. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what we do um, when we're in the area of mental health here at Hopewell. So, Kasi, I, I'm just really curious. So as you were talking sort of about the, the programs and resources that you have for youth that are mental health related, is this something that's increased in the last couple of years, has this always been a part of Hopewell's mission or, you know, do you really feel that this was, you know, a need that the church community was responding to? Yeah, I think um, we were definitely responding to to the the rising need in mental health support in the downtown area. Um, I started here in November of 2020, so I don't know exactly what they were doing before that. Um, but at that time there, there was, um, an obvious rising need. So we were trying to do our best as, uh, we are called to as a church to, um, meet that need. So yeah, that's, that's why we started to just try a lot of different things to, Mm -hmm. um, help support the community. Can you give examples kind of, of what you were seeing as far as, cause you work directly pretty much with youth and oversee all the youth programs, right? Yes. So is there, was it just like instances of kids coming to mentors or other members in the church and just kind mm-hmm. of sharing, you know, experiences and things that they were hap- that were happening to them or things that they were feeling? Like, can you just kind of 
give us examples of kind of the tone of what you're seeing? Because I think it's interesting to see, you know, because we work with schools, we work with other community organizations and providers. Um, but it's interesting because that is so much of, and what we're going to talk about today, of what a faith community, their role is, is to be this extra support and extra place for community members to turn to. But I would be interested to hear kind of what youth are sharing too, especially as a parent, I don't have adolescence yet, but like when parents are like, well, I can't even get my kids to talk to me. So they're who, you know, and, and also why that's so important to have other adults in their lives that they can go talk to if they don't want to talk to their parents. Yeah. Um, so pretty much our role, a lot of our role, um, is, uh, building relationships and like doing life with these students. Um, So we get um, in a lot of different conversations where, you know, they might be talking to us about how school's going. We might ask them like, Hey, how's that going? And they say, I took this test and this was stressful or something, or this friendship is going this way. And we just get into a lot of different conversation and things come up where students might say, hey, I have anxiety about this, or I'm depressed about this, um, or my friend asked me to do this and I want to get out of it. Like, you know, those kind of things. We're just in a lot of different conversation and we don't always have the answer. Um, A lot of times I don't have the answer, but I'm willing to walk alongside them in it. Um, And because I provide that, like providing somebody to just walk alongside them and then we end up in a lot of conversation where they're willing to tell us this is how I need support. And then we look at it as we're, we're partnering with the parents. So we help them to talk with their parent about, Hey, this is how I need support. Um, and you know, we end up seeing a lot of parents get their kids treatment or at least asking, how do I create a safer space for my kid? Um, and yeah, I've sat with a lot of parents and, and tried to help them do this. Um, so I think we try to be a safe space so that we can help their help them find that safe space, whether it be at the church or at home. Um, we just try to really build that relationship and create that safe space for them, which allows us to get in a lot of conversation about what they need. So Cassie, one of the things I was just thinking about when you were talking about, um, about the faith community and families and parents um, and that, that the kids themselves oftentimes will ask you questions or just, you know, share with you some of their struggles or challenges and things. Um, do you feel that families in general um, have gotten more comfortable as far as parents talking? I mean, I think that we're always talking about how complex these issues of mental health are, and drug and alcohol, substance use, and that certainly schools provide a resource and a safe place to get help and, and resources, but also our faith communities um, also have that role and they're very trusted, you know, it's, and respected uh, in that. So I was just kind of curious about, is this something that oftentimes is, is just student focused or youth focused, or is it kind of blend with parents and families or caregivers who are kind of reaching out and people are now maybe more comfortable and not so concerned about being judged or worried what others might think. So I, you know, because sometimes that happens in a school setting where you don't want maybe people to know that there's some struggles, but does, do you feel that you have a, I don't want to say an easier time, but a more comfortable conversation with parents and families like that? I think, um, I think it depends on the, the person um, and depends on the family. Um, some people um, 
you know, they, they grew up in a time where it was very taboo to talk about exactly. mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they are trying to become more comfortable talking about it. Um, and, and sometimes those parents are just seeking more help to yeah. like, they're asking questions like, Hey, do you have any resources for me to look at so that I can learn more about this? Um, and there are some other parents who are like, yeah, let's talk about it. Like they're yeah. just willing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it really depends on the household, um, and what their experience is with mental health. And there's a lot, it's very complex. There's a lot of different factors right. that could do it. Um, but I, I definitely think we're moving in the right direction and people are becoming more comfortable. Um, but we're not all the way there yet. Um, yeah. and right. I don't, I don't know if any of us have the answer on how to get there, but we're going to keep mm-hmm. trying. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Point. but we're definitely um, getting there. No, I think that's, that's a really good point. And I think that when we sort of look at trends and, and look at what it's been like in the past around the topic of mental health and, uh, folks being comfortable, you know, and sharing that or seeking help. Um, one of the things that we rely on is the Pennsylvania Youth Survey, right? So the Pennsylvania Youth Survey gives us a whole lot of information um, about mental health issues, such as depression, anxiety, stress, many of the things you just mentioned, but also about alcohol, tobacco, and drugs, which are um, significantly connected to, uh, you know, a lot of, of mental health um, issues and concerns. And in that most, in our most recent um, last couple of years, and looking at that, there's a question that is asked of students in grades 6, 8, 10, 12, and it's a religiosity question. And there's only one question. And as we just looked at the definition, um, it's really just asking about church attendance or a faith community attendance and participation. And that has historically been quite low uh, for the Downingtown community. And that would be across grades 6 to 12. now, it doesn't ask specifically anything about spirituality or Christian, you know, um, faith and practices, but it does just ask about attendance and participation. So when we consider or in, in the field, religiosity is considered a protective factor yep. um, against you know, risky behaviors. So I was just sort of curious, um, you know, of, of your thoughts on that and your observation. And you've only been with Hopewell a couple of years. And of course, one of those years was COVID years. So that certainly altered participation in a traditional sense. Um, but maybe just your observation about youth participating, families participating, whether it's church attendance or mission work or programming. Um, and if you were to sort of have the, um, if you could have like, all parent audience in Downingtown, why, what would you see as the benefits of being actively involved in a faith community for that protective factor? What would you say that is? So first I will say, um, I, I definitely see a change, um, in, in like the amount of people showing up to things. Um, and I've only been here since November of 2020, but I've been doing youth work since I was, 19 years old which is like about five or six years just for people to know um and so one thing that i've seen is like in a lot of communities sundays are no longer sacred um we are competing with sports in in music in 
um, dance and all different kinds of arts and, and all, all different kinds of activities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not to say that any of those are bad. They're all great things. Um, but we're competing mm-hmm. instead of having that day um, where people can just show up. So um, it feels like we have to like overload on programming to get people to show up to different things yeah. um, so that there can be a space for them to for them to be because that's what we're trying to do is create a space for them to be themselves and feel um, safe. So um, that I've definitely seen a dip there. And um, one of the things that I think is important about them coming in or being a part of different faith organizations or different faith communities is the word we're using. Um, I, I think the benefit is that they have that safe space. They have a group of people to be around um, who uh, it, it, that group is there to support them. Um, I think um, they need a space where they feel welcome, no matter who they are um, in the faith community should be a space where they feel like um, people are going to welcome them with open arms. So I think it's super important for them to have that. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's mm-hmm. the big thing there. Yeah. You, and, and something too, and I know I've read this somewhere <laughs> is that th- this isn't as far as declining participation and things, this is like a national trend. I, this isn't isolated sure. specifically to our area. Um, this is definitely something that I've seen it in headlines. I've read about it is that, but also what the impact of that is. And it's interesting because just in listening to, as you were talking that, you know, along with this is that, and I think there's other things that have come out and said this and is that, you know, we're busier than we've ever been. So along with Sundays, not being, you know, and then what's the impact of that? So like, as it's, it's interesting because culturally, I guess, not for everybody, but for many people in the past, that was a day it's like, okay, you get up and you go to church and then you have family time or downtime. And it's like, you aren't necessarily hustling to like be productive and get things done. So it's kind of this, you know, I would bear to say national shift to such a focus on busyness, on productivity, um, on getting things done and also participating in things. Just whether it's, you might be still seeing people having plans to get together with friends and family or also, and fitting in sports things and fitting in other activities and all these things. But what cost of it is, is there with that? Because, you know, it's like, well, I can't make it to, and just using this as an example, you know, as we're talking about being part of, you know, a faith-based organization, not having time to go to a service and then what, but what are you losing by doing something else instead? Cause it also, I have to say, because I mean, me personally, we're not, I'm not a member of it. I'm, I'm part of this statistic. Like I'm not a member of any formal organized church. I don't go to church. My kid, like my family doesn't attend a church or are members of one. And even, but also, you know, thinking of you do what you grew up with, like growing up, like we would be, I think are called C and ears, Christmas and Easter people. So we would be the people that would only go. Do people still say that? Like, uh, yeah. Not yeah, we hear the term creasters. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> we called them, I was going to say, there was creasters. Okay. This so we true. were like the C and ears. We knew so, who you were. Oh, that we was us. We were the people. We got and all dressed up. And don't be sitting in our pews. And don't be sitting in the good pews. pews. Uh-huh. That'd be us. That'd be us. So we would go to our church and we were younger. We would go more frequently. And so it kind of, again, as we got older, life got busier. We were teenagers, got jobs. We wouldn't go as much, but we would make a point to go on holidays. But then every once in a while, someone in my family would be like, Hey, do you want to go to church? Let's just go. And it was, you know, the church that we grew up going to, that's not really close to where I live now, but I always would remember going 
and sitting and when it was a really good sermon um, and just sitting and, and just the traditional space of just going and sitting and listening to someone speak and being quiet and sitting there and having that shared experience with others and just quieting your mind and trying to be present. And of course you have like the kids off to the side that are coloring or just like ha- parents have to come and get up and down and walk them in and out and stuff. But for the most part, you're sitting there and sharing an experience with other people and you get to see how those words reflect and touch your life and think about, okay, where can I think about that? Where does that fit in where I am currently? And you, I, but I always felt better after I left yeah. and I always thought to myself, yeah, I should go do that more often. Exactly. But, and, yeah. but then I don't. And then I'm like, well, why don't I go and do that more often? Like, it's just, and I don't, and I don't know why. And I guess it's just like, uh the busyness of trying to, you know, get there and things and, and then, you know, also having small children and then COVID and then, but now we're kind of get eking out onto the other side of it. So then it makes me think like, you know, my kids have never really been to like a church service formally, maybe besides my sisters doing baptisms and also weddings and things that happened in churches. But other than that, they've not had exposure to that. And I'm like, huh, I wonder what would happen if we were to introduce that to them and have, that type of environment for them to have another place that's a community-based, you know, because mm-hmm. it ends up being an extension of a support system for you and what that could look like. But I guess my point was, as I'm rambling on, is just to say I always felt better after I left. I would always, it's like a meditative quality to it where you're just kind of like, hmm, and you learn a little lesson and think about, it gives you, it's like a forced, a forced meditation, a forced time of reflection that maybe if you didn't go, you're so busy doing all the other things whenever, when else would that happen? I guess. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> but, but I do think that um, that's why it's a protective factor. I, I mean, there's just so, you know, it's just um, another opportunity to sort of extend the family, to have support, to have supportive people, um, supportive messaging. And, you know, it's based on, on values. Um, that are reinforced. So I could see, you know, why it sort of, you know, why we identify this as a protective factor. And again, schools are very big places, you know, our, particularly in our community, it's quite large. And one of the things that I think makes a difference is when you have a smaller mm-hmm. community that you could be yourself in mm-hmm. um, and maybe have those people closer to you that you just during the school day cannot make those connections with simply due to size mm-hmm. of a building or staff, right? So, you know, that's why I think when Kasi, you know, was talking about having those mentors, having, you know, the research talks all the time about kids don't need a lot of folks in their corner, mm-hmm. but they definitely need one. Mm-hmm. And if that person's identified in their faith community, you know, that's amazing. I think to me, that's just really awesome. So, um, and, and Kasi, I did, I wanted to ask you this. So when you're, when you're, when kids are talking to you and feeling really comfortable talking with you, if you had, again, the audience of all the parents, are you seeing any like priority issues just in general terms, not specific cases, but repeated concern or a trend or, you know, a need that keeps coming up and coming up that you'd like to say to parents, please, I'd really love to share with you just these kind of things are on our radar now. Like, what would that be? Um, uh, I'm going to try to answer this and I'm, I'm not sure if I'm understanding exactly what you're asking, but I think the, um, 
the like really important thing that keeps popping up that I would mm-hmm. want to tell the all the parents is like yeah it they should have a space a safe space to talk about their anxiety like that that's what we're hearing all the time I'm anxious about this I'm anxious about that this makes me feel scared um or mm-hmm. in like in simpler terms like this makes me feel nervous um and mm-hmm. I hear a lot of that and um they don't feel like a lot of them don't feel like they have a space to talk about that. Hmm. They can't talk about it at school because like you said, the size, um, and sometimes they don't feel like they can talk about it at home. I don't know why that is. I think that Mm -hmm. is specific to the person. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, when they feel like they have a safe space in a faith community and they feel like they can say that and they say to me, you know, yeah. I'm nervous about this all the time. Um, what I would want to take to parents and say is, hey, they're all really, really nervous. Um, how can you create a space where they can talk about that at home and then work through that mm-hmm. with them? And I would say that probably lines up with statistically we're seeing rates of, <laughs> rates of anxiety and sure. depression are higher than they've ever been among adolescents. And absolutely, is it... I'm just curious, Cassie, and I know you don't want to just, obviously you're not going to disclose personal information of, of the kids that you work with, but just, um, is there any one thing that seems to be triggering this anxiety? Is it mm. pressure from school? Is it stuff that's happening on social media? Is it friend mm. pressure? And also because, you know, as a person who is a young adult, you're closer in age to the kids you work with than Beth Ann and I. Like, are you, and you're you're seeing them more frequently. And I'll also, I don't have teenagers anymore. And Beth Ann's, because yet, I don't have teenagers yet. Beth Ann doesn't have teenagers anymore. So, like, no. do you even, like, there's certain things I look back on from my childhood and go, oh, my gosh. Like, I couldn't on demand a show at any time I want, like, my five-year-old and my nine-year-old. Like, that's a difference. That's where I'm at. But, like, are there instances, like, I guess two two questions. So are there certain things that you're seeing that are triggers, that you're seeing any themes for this anxiety? And also, like, is it very much different than when you look back on your own adolescence? Um, like, where's that so shift? I'm, are you seeing any trends for that shift, I guess? Um, so I definitely think the biggest, and, and this is very general because yeah, it's very specific, sure. yeah. but the biggest thing that I see is is the most often thing i should say is definitely like school like Mm. pressure from schoolwork pressure from you know homework and like trying to keep up with the people around them and achievement it's it moves so fast and um it just it's like they're they're feeling all this pressure to be a certain way and get certain things done and and do certain things um in like generally that's what I hear most is, you know, school's stressing me out. Yeah. And it breaks my heart because I'm like, I can't do anything about that because I'm not your yeah. teacher. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think school is the biggest thing. And um, when I was in high school, it wasn't as bad, I would say. Um, it was definitely, that was pretty recent. Um, so it was definitely mm-hmm. um, getting there, but there's like way more that they're dealing with now than when I was there. Um, so yeah, I think the, the shift is just like 
every year in school, there's like sure. more pressure being put on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's got to stop at some point. So, yeah, yeah, sure. They can only handle so much. Right. Yeah. And I think that what we keep trying to do as folks in prevention work, and I think maybe that also you, you're doing at Hopewell is, is really just trying to, you know, plug the whole of all of this, like, the, you know, the whole thing that's just happening with all of this is trying to stay up with it and come up with another program or another resource. We don't necessarily get to what Chrissy called the trigger, mm-hmm. which might be the achievement, the expectations, yeah. the overload, the, that being sort of this is like an iceberg. And that's what's underneath of us, right? What we're dealing, we see, you see the tip of the iceberg, you know, in church and with your youth groups, it's the kids' reactions to it. And all we do is chase, chase, chase after it and try to like, okay, get this program in, get this speaker in, let's do this. But sadly, what's really, un- and that's relatively easy to do, but what's not easy to do is to take that big step back and say, well, what's at the underneath of this? What's at the base of this iceberg that we are not seeing, but it's way more difficult for us to wrestle that yeah. than it is to do a program. Uh-huh. Yeah. But we're doing the best we can because right. we've, we've, we've got to do it. We've got to get the Band-Aid out there. But sadly, the conversation that needs to possibly be had is way more complicated and then it makes me it makes me think and go back to the two things we always seem to come back to which is time and space and also even in just my mind thinking of what I was just saying of like when I actually like was not a CNE and would go to church with my sister or my mom or something was that two hours or whatever it was that you were there hour hour and a half maybe like provided time and space. It was time that you couldn't be really shouldn't be checking your phone or, you know, doom scrolling or doing mm-hmm. some other activity. And it gave you the space to listen to something else and also maybe breathe a little bit and reflect on your life. And so I what you know, it's kind of interesting to me how those two things are connected, how a piece of this where it plugs in is it provides a structured assigned specific time, or at least it used to the days of the one day a week where everyone collectively had time and space. And now that's kind of been eroded. And so it really has to be on the individual to be intentional about, okay, where am I going to create time and space for myself, for my kids, for us as a family, like, and just take a step back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not easy to do. That's a good point. We're going to take a short break, and then when we return, we're going to talk a little bit more with Kasi um, about um, seeking you know, involvement in a faith community and also opportunities for um, families and youth to be involved in programming. If you're enjoying our podcast, an easy way to support Parent to Parent is by sharing it with a friend. You can send it to them in a text from your phone, or even better, post an episode you liked on social media. Maybe it's this one. Our goal is to increase education and awareness among parents, and as we always say, you don't know what you don't know, and some people may not know we are out there. Any shout-outs and sharing is appreciated. Thanks, and let's get back to our conversation. Okay, we're back. And so I guess my next question would be, so, Kasi, if someone is listening to this, or maybe even me, who knows, um, and thinking, you know, I think it might be a good idea for me or my family, me and my kids uh, to join some sort of, you know, a church or a faith organization, but they don't really know where to start. What would you say would be the first steps or what would you recommend that they do? 
Um, I think uh, the easiest thing to say is like show up on a Sunday morning. Um, but uh, even like call the office during the week, um, voice any questions you might have, find out if the that community is where you want to be a part of. Um, like you might want to check out the website and see what things they have going on. You might want to talk to um, an employee there, pastor, me, the youth director, um, and just ask like what's going on and ask any questions that may, may be holding you back. People have a lot of, um, uh, they hear a lot about different faith communities and, and the one that you end up at has to be one that fits you. Um, so I would say they have to ask, you would have to ask a lot of um, questions about what you might um, want to be a part of. And some of those questions are answered on the website. Some of those questions will be answered on a Sunday morning. Um, I think the best thing to do to get involved is to just take that first step. And that first step might be stopping by the church on a Sunday morning or a different day of the week and just asking some questions to somebody who works there. Um, and they can lead you in the right direction on how to uh, come to worship or how to serve. If you're interested in, in you know, the mission work that churches do, how can I get involved? Um, and somebody would be able to help out. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that would be the simplest way to get involved um, if you're looking for that. So, Kasi, as we wrap up our podcast today, um, we always like to share with parents um, maybe, a, you know, a one one or two action steps, things that they can do that maybe as they listen to this podcast that they're thinking about. Um, and what would you like to share with them uh, to consider as sort of a takeaway from today's podcast that they could um, share with their with their families and with with their children? Um, I would say first. Um, what I would, what they can do with the, how they can take action is just ask their kids what they can do to be a safer space for them. Um, I think that is, that is what I always am trying to help people do is create safe spaces mm -hmm. for their kids. Um, and that's what we're trying to do is create a safe space. And what I would want people to know about being in a faith community is that that is the goal is to create a safe space um, for for somebody to be in. So, um, if they're uh, if they have any questions about being in a faith community, ask that question. Right. But the goal is to right. just create safe spaces for these kids to be themselves. So yeah, that's, that's what I would want people to know. That's great. That's a really super important message because kind of goes back to what Christy was saying about time and space. It's like you want that to be a safe place that's um, not judgmental um, and that you have to really work on being a good listener and not necessarily having the answers, because I like what you said earlier about kind of walking along with them. You don't, we don't always have the answer. We don't always have the quick fix. I mean, as adults, we'd like to do that, but sometimes yeah. that's not even what they're asking. They just need somebody to listen. Yeah. They need somebody and, to listen and walk through yeah. that really difficult time or difficult situation with them. So, right. yeah, that's what we I try think, to be. I think that's an awesome, I think that's a, it's a great takeaway for today's, um, for today's podcast. And I know Chrissy, you have some things to just wrap up here on, on where folks can get more information and connect with Kasi if they'd like to at Hopewell United Methodist Church. Yeah. Kasi, where can people find you if we, if we were looking for on social media and other places? 
Um, so uh, on if you're looking on social media, um, you can look look you can look up Hopewell's Facebook page. You can look up the Catalyst Student Ministries Facebook page, which is where you find everything youth related. Um, or you can go on our website, which is hopewellumc.org. Um, and, you know, just check out what's going on. Um, there is a, a page on there where you can find different ways to serve. You can find different um, things that are going on, all the activities, youth, children, you know, everything that's going on. Um, so if you're looking for information, that's where to get the best information. And also, we all have emails. So, um, you know, mine is kasi at hopewellumc.org. Shoot me an email if you have any questions. Um, if I don't know the answer, I'll point you in the right direction. Um, but, yeah, I'd love to talk to whoever has any questions. And I'll link all those up in the show notes, too, so everyone can click right from there to find you. Um, one last question I did want to ask, though, is – Especially, you know, just thinking about the benefits of being part of a faith community. Could you summarize just like, what is the reason why someone should be like, well, you know what, we're not going to do soccer on Sundays because we got to go to church. Like is what will, or maybe even thinking of Hopewell specifically is like, because if you're doing something else, you're giving up one thing to go do another. So is there any case you can make like, come to us and this is what you will get. Here's what you will gain. Um, I, I think for me, I'll be honest, it's a little hard to like say something cause I want people to do things that they enjoy doing. Yeah. Um, I want people to be themselves and, and express themselves in whatever way, if that's kicking a soccer ball or shooting a basketball or dancing or the arts, mm-hmm. I love all of that. Do that. But if you can create time to show up at your faith community, what you're going to find is a family. Um, in people who want to serve you and love you in that way. So um, that's what I would, uh, that's what I would say is my argument, I guess, Mm -hmm. for, for that. Kasi, I love it. That's a great point. That is a great point. Perfect ending. I think so. Thank you everyone for joining us today. And you can find everything that we talked about today linked up in the show notes, including contact information for Hopewell United Methodist and to be able to find Kasi if you want to email him with any questions. Um, you will also be able in our show notes to find me on on um, social media now. I'm on Instagram at CTC underscore Chrissy or on Facebook at Chrissy.CTC um, for information related to the podcast, blog, things that are happening at CTC. Um, Also, be sure to click subscribe or follow in the podcast app that you're listening to us in so that you can stay up to date on all of our episodes as they come out. So be sure to um, share this with anyone. If you enjoyed what you were listening to, we always appreciate that. And we will talk to you in two weeks. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Kasi. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Thanks, Kasi, so much. Thanks, Chrissy. All right. Okay. Bye. Take care.